Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblioscapes in Discussion. Tonight, I am joined by a photographer and workshop leader and educator, Rob Knight. Good evening, Rob. Evening, Ewan. Thanks for thanks very much for inviting me. No, it's absolutely it's absolutely my pleasure. It's, it's nice to be on the other side asking the questions as opposed to the last time we spoke when I was having to answer the questions. So it's a uh, it's a uh, yeah, it's great to have you on um, and obviously talk about both your work, your books, but also uh, some of the workshops you run, which I thought would be really useful to give a, a, a different insight and a different perspective to people who like photo books um, or are interested in making their own photo books or be it self-published mm. or handmade because obviously you run a couple of workshops with uh, David Noble sequence in the project so we can come on to talk about them but first we'll, uh, we'll talk about uh, your own books which uh, one of which is uh, Life's an Ocean, which um, I think was shot down on the north uh, northeast coast over a number of years. Yeah, well, but it, it was, uh, I think, about, it's probably about three, about somewhere between three and six months over yep. the, um, it spanned across sort of the east, probably between somewhere between Lincolnshire and the northeast of England. Um, yeah. You know, I have actually been a, a little bit of a kind of a geography geek in there, and there are actually uh, coordinates, grid references in yes. there for, for anybody who has an interest in that kind of thing but before we get on to talking about your books um, it'd be great if you could just give a background and introduction to yourself to your work your photographic journey and, and also maybe a bit about your workshops as well because i think it, it all plays part of the picture in your in your interest in your photography yeah brilliant yeah yeah well so um yes so i guess, I guess photographically um you know i absolutely love photography as long as I can remember, um, and it's it's always been something I've done. Um, you know, my background in education as a, a geographer through yep. university, so photography played a huge part actually during those times. Not necessarily creatively, um, but you know, for research. And I was quite lucky to kind of get up and do some aerial photography back in those days. So it was it was always something that was on the periphery. Um, yep. And it, I, I pretty much stuck with that, started picking it up again um, as I worked in IT probably about 20 years ago, 20, 25 years ago. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I got found the passion, the bug for it. Uh, and it grew and grew and grew from there. Uh, I've been sort of working professionally um, in an education perspective, all told, probably for about 15, nearly 20 years. Uh, right photography side solely now for the last uh nearly three yep um so you know and, but the education side of it is is the thing that's kind of keeps me um hugely passionate about kind of yep. working with other photographers and uh helping oh, helping them but you know being part a little bit part of their journey or whatever you want to their process and helping them with photography so you know as much as I love going out and being in the landscape or urban areas wherever I photograph I tend to I always work in a project based way or whether it be mini projects larger projects I love to just kind of tell stories and string yeah series of image together and work in that sense um but, but yeah the, the education side you know is hugely important to us and then that's kind of underpinned the workshops that we've been running now for about 10 years yeah told. very good yeah so obviously there's a i've got a couple of your books uh, life's an ocean which is just a beautiful bit a uh, lovely compact square square format and again it's it's just a really really nice really lovely body of work and um, beautiful colors and tones and i've also got um, a copy of arden Martin part one which i believe is probably one of only two copies maybe you've maybe got a copy i don't yes yeah at, at the moment it, 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 it's that in a way i guess that's a bit of a um a proof of concept um yeah it, it, it kind of underpins a project that i've been working on now for the last three and a half four years um which is actually tentatively called odd merkin spirit um, right. you know and, and that kind of a real connection to the place that i have and that kind of sense of feeling of being there and the landscape the people the climate the weather yeah um just that sense of feeling um so odd merkin part one was really a 
in a way, a chance. It, it was something I did as a as a kind of work in progress to try and piece the ideas together. Um, yeah, it, it was something so something I something I I bid for on the connected auction. I think it was a few back in two thousand. Right. Yeah, two thousand nineteen or something like that. Two thousand two thousand and eighteen. It was yeah. Uh, the, so no, not many people will have this in fact i don't know if anyone else will probably have a copy of this but I, but again it's 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 great it's a it's a lovely it's, it's another great collection of images from across the whole peninsula and i'm assuming obviously you talk about your work on maybe a longer term project for the ardenmarkin area which is somewhere you visit quite regularly running workshops and obviously doing your own photography yeah i mean i mean I've, kind of, I've started to realize now that actually I've got I've got a couple of clear idea of how I want to subdivide and, and actually the workshops have helped with this actually and understand my own processes around the yep. book so I've, I've got a clear idea of how I want to divide the American spirit series up but at the minute I say I'm about nearly four years in and I can probably I can see it may well stretch to five six seven years um you know, there's lots of things I want to cover. Uh, yep. I think the final piece in the jigsaw will be um, maybe kind of a bit of a uh, pitch to the Arts Council to look at get to get a bit of, bit of time up there. And because I think if you want to tell a story through the place as much as the landscape uh, and the the kind of the actual natural environment, even if you're a landscape photographer, I think. The people shape a place, uh, yes. and I think that, and I think that's one. You know, some of the books I love are, you know, include people and the importance of how people kind of really make a place. So that, yep. that's what I'm looking to do is to maybe wrap that one up. We'll be trying to spend a prolonged period of time up there. Uh, we, we, you know, we've got a few, we've got friends up there. We we know people. In the in the area because we've been going regularly. Hope, you know, hopefully, we've got a, a good rapport. And, but I'm I'm yep. keen to kind of spend more time and to to, to kind of to finish that whole project off with the people. But uh, you know, I'm still enjoying doing the, the you know the the coast, the land, the woodlands. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I, I might even have to look at wildlife and uh, <laughs> I'm still. It's clear of wildlife in the past, but you never yeah. know. Well, that's it. But I think it. Play, I think, as you say, you talk very much about the storytelling aspect of your work, and I think when you're focusing on an area such as Arden and Martin, I think the people and the individuals there really can add a, add such a different dimension and an element to the story that I think. Yeah, I think you're very correct in terms of really trying to incorporate them within it as well, because the stories that those images will tell about the area. It, absolutely, and I and I think also I, I think it's going to have to have some kind of multimedia aspect to it because I think you know it just through the people we've met whilst we've been there and talking to you know the people who kind of run the village shops, the hubs of the community, yep. people who kind of scratch a living off the land and perhaps do five, six, seven, eight jobs, uh, and they're you know really kind of integral to the community. Some of the stories that you that you pick up from these people are, are absolutely you know they, they are crucial i think if you want to if you really want to kind of tell a big you know a, a, the bigger picture and capture the story I, I think you know as much as we as humans and and this is in in some ways probably quite topical the fact that how much of an impact or how we shape the landscape and a place but i think place shapes people um Yep. and people can't, there's that kind of symbiotic relationship the people are shaped by the place they shape the place itself and not always you know and more importantly places you know you, you'll know yourself some of the remote communities around various parts of the country and you know and probably the world over there's you know it isn't the, the kind of the interaction and the shaping of an environment or a place isn't always negative we, we often see so much about negative human impact on the environment but i think when when you look at it at a micro level there's so much positivity so much positive stuff going on for people trying to make a a difference at a local scale so yeah it it, it became apparent that it was going to be important to somehow you know yeah bring those into the story 
Yeah, I, I think I think so. I think I think they'll they, they'll add a, an entirely different depth to the to the complete body of work as well. And I think, as you say, you're probably quite right to try and spend a prolonged period of time and really get to know the people, and, and you can revisit them several times in a, in a short period as opposed to staggered over six months and stuff like that, and and really try to focus on that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 obviously I've spoken to Chris Dale and. Darren and recently as well so um yeah it's a both books they had brought out were based on the work they'd done with one of the workshops they were on with you so it's it's a, an incredible peninsula incredible area but yet the three of you are all presenting entirely different stories and entirely different yeah. bodies of work which again is is, is really fascinating to see um, so I'm just interested, obviously, storytelling plays such a big part of it. So what really inspires you to, to tell stories in, in your um, work? Yeah, I mean, I guess this come, I guess this has got to get come back to kind of, you know, being a, you know, a geographer by education uh, and being somebody who's always had such a such a love and a, and a fascination with the human interaction with place. Yeah. Um, you know, and. and the, the kind of the human geography side and what how culture and how heritage is shaped um you know and it's so easy to in in some ways i think to i mean i i love you know i love photography i love landscape photography i love looking at absolutely beautifully made landscape images and there's some absolutely amazing stuff out there um but my angle has always been you know that I just want to spend time maybe getting under the skin of a place uh, yeah. and 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 bring in I mean that's one of the things I've always I always try and talk to people about on the workshops actually is you know think about who you are what what you bring with you as a as a person outside of photography um whether you know you whether it's through your education how you work uh, what you work, you kind of you, you kind of psychological approach, your method, how methodological method, yeah, method. I'll go. I won't go down that one. How, how methodical <laughs> you are? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not working very well tonight. How methodical you are in 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 kind of your way of working? That, that actually, yeah. all those things are come out. They actually they embody themselves into your creative process, and I think. The one thing it's so easy for photographers to think well i'd love to make pictures that look like x y or z or this person's or that person's and i think what what, what they bring is their uniqueness because you know and i think we can all do that in some ways i think we, we've all got a passion and an underlying set of experiences and skills that that actually shape how we perceive and see the world yeah um so i think you know that not necessarily you know, in that sense, I'm not trying to be unique or different. I'm just trying to be, in some ways, authentic to how I how I find place and people and, and yeah. how they fascinate me. So the storytelling then just becomes intrinsic to that. Yeah. And touch, touching on uh, the, the beautiful book, Life's an Ocean, um, which, again, I can see with your geography, uh, uh, geography background why uh, why you've included the the grid references at the back which again which again is a lovely touch um what what was the inspiration for this project well i mean i mean that's a, that's a my other big passion um aside from kind of photography and and just the out, outdoor and people in place the, my other big passion is music it always has been um, yeah with a bit of football here and there and a bit of heartache as the football was arranged but music you know it it, it kind of shit it's such a resonant thing in shaping your mood you yes you, it can lift you up it can console you and i, yeah. I find it, it it creeps into my photography all the time i use it to shape how i post-process yeah. i'll use it to relax i'll use it to get me in the right mood to going out and so it felt quite natural actually and I've had quite a few ideas about using music within photography. And uh, so Life's an Ocean was actually, it's a song by a band called The Verb, um, which uh, there's just some lyrics that I just find absolutely beautiful and a piece of music that's beautiful. And uh, I've always had a love of the coast. Um, yes. My grandparents, you know, 
as as long as I can remember from being from being a you know a small child when my mum and dad when they were at work my dad were on nights they were you know we'd be, in the summer holidays we'd be day trips to the coast weeks and weeks at the coast in the summer I was quite lucky in that yeah. sense so marrying that love of music and the love of the coast together so that's kind of where life's an ocean came and it, it was more a, it was it was a, an opportunity to kind of take a song um, and try and use it creatively um, yeah. and then everything else kind of fell into place it was a rather than trying to maybe t- capture a visual reference of what the coast looks like it was more capturing the feeling of the coast yes. um, although yeah. they were all they were all made at coasts they're all made in situ they're all made and processed in situ actually that was kind of one of the little I love setting little silly constraints and Yes. ideas on little projects you know setting myself a little target so they were they're yeah. all processed within the location they were made um, yeah. and because I, I quite you know really i love that idea of actually trying to bring in the sound the smell the yeah you know the wind different elements and and how 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 does that shape how you not only make pictures but how does it shape how you post process or edit and and even even printing I mean that's one of the the things we do now and and painting and stuff I always take the printer when we go to Wardner Merkin for example and yeah. my painting gears start to go now and it's there's a there's a different thing to it you know if you can look out the window or or even in an ideal world I love Kind of what Photospeed did with their extreme printing, where they lose yeah. printers at pills. But I thought the concept of actually being able to print something out and having done the editing while still in the landscape, or at least yeah. relatively close attached to it, rather than necessarily waiting till you travelled all the way back to Sheffield or wherever and, yeah. and having to rekindle memories. Yeah, it's interesting when you touch upon uh, your painting equipment. A lot of a lot of the images, particularly in Life's an Ocean, really have a very artistic and a very painterly feel to them. So, yeah. it, I, I I would I would say so. It's, and I wouldn't necessarily. I would have said I would have said before you even commented on that that yes, I feel as though there's there's certainly a very abstract, but in some of the images, just yeah, there's just a very painterly artistic feel to them and I, I was wondering if 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 you are if there is artistic inspiration that maybe has forms part of your work or, or where that comes from mm, I think yeah it's, it's an interesting one I want and that's something I've actually kind of stumbled in, in a way stumbled back into um, yeah. which lockdown has actually facilitated so I'd, I'd, I'd always had this kind of uneasy relationship with art at school you know I wasn't overly dexterous with the paintbrush and I remember the art the art teacher chucked the brush you know the, the dirty brush water over my paints no that's rubbish <laughs> uh, and, you, and these things you go on believing that and actually and I, thought, yeah. oh, that's fine. And I remember saying a couple of years ago I said to Karen my wife I says I'd love to paint have a go at painting again and the guys who do our framing at uh, Pitch Parade in, in Sheffield they actually run sort of painting lessons I said, I'd love to do one so and, that, and I thought that'd be a much better use of maybe a birthday present rather than having stuff um so yes, I went absolutely I did one lesson with them, and although it wasn't necessarily the style I wanted to do, it was <laughs> it was it was very much painting happy little trees because um, yeah. bless them, uh, Keith is a, a Bob Ross uh, authorized trainer, um, but it it was enough to rekindle the passion and to give me a little bit of insight and some of the skills to and brush control, uh, and I've, I've just enjoyed dabbling ever since. So in some ways, life's an ocean was possibly a, a kind of slight subconscious attempt to to reconnect with painting before i'd really thought about yeah. it i mean i always love looking at kind of the work of sort of turner uh, and some of the great sort of sea coast painters yes. and even looking i look online now and uh, there, there's a few people out there kath evans and uh, a lady from up sort of dunbar way who paints some absolutely fantastic seascapes and uh, yeah yeah it's, I think in that sense, it, it's hard not to be inspired by other people's work. But, uh, Absolutely. I think art can inspire everyone. My, as I've said to other people, my parents-in-law are quite very accomplished 
painters themselves and it's really yeah. quite interesting for me as a photographer with a very 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 artistic family in law very supportive but yeah they open your eyes up to whole new rafts of inspiration and ideas that otherwise you would i may never come across and um and and it's great very supportive because i know there's a there's certainly painters out there who view don't necessarily view photography as an art form as such but they are certainly very 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 supportive in all these in all these things which is which is great because yeah they can they see different things in your work that uh, you otherwise wouldn't see and point you in different directions and it's just really interesting to see that yeah art's obviously a huge big part of your work and it's and to see that actually you're now an interest in or developing your interest in painting and i've seen you, you share some of your recent uh, masterpieces on social media as well um, <laughs> and and but, but, it, but it's great it's it's how we all improve and how, how we all inspire and the thing is these things all inspire our own photography or just even the artistic projects that we 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 come to we come to do as well and obviously now uh, you've you've been running several workshops for many many years but certainly in the last 12 months and i was fortunate enough to participate i think in the first one which yeah it was was it the sequence i think it was it and, was yes yeah and, and obviously you now run the project as well and you run these two projects with uh, these two workshops with david noble and i suppose for everyone i, I know them because I've, I've seen them and i've participated in one but it'd be great just to get a, a bit of an understanding about them because i think they're particularly relevant when it comes to books or photography, photography books, whether people are maybe interested in doing a project themselves of their own work, be it handmade or a short published run, or, or as I did, actually do it for, for displaying work on a, on a website. So it'd be great just to get, a, for, first of all, for a bit of a background in, t in terms of what they're about. Yeah, um, absolutely. So in a way that we kind of launched them in, in a slightly reverse order, because uh, we'd, we'd always had a plan uh, in, in a way, as over the last uh, since David and I met, uh, probably a shared love of photo books in yeah. that sense. Um, so, you know, when we talked about sort of expanding on some ideas, so we had the idea of actually there being kind of three in the series. So, the project being the first workshop, which is very much a practical, hands on deep dive into all things project related and working on so it's taking people from right from the ideation stage yeah. um through iteration through reflection through a lot of collaboration and kind of sounding out ideas and and with other people um all the way through to a, a point where we're actually within the context of a four-week workshop which you know is quite a tight thing for a, for a project is, is to have a finished body of work or, or or close to finished as you can um yeah we then although we did the sequence first because we'd sort of seen that really there weren't, there weren't any workshops out there that were covering um sequencing there's been a, a few here and there and i know yeah um, some um i think it's lewis bush does quite a lot of interesting workshops that have been online to looking at not necessarily sequencing, but kind of book related stuff and writing and things like that. But, uh, so the sequence became an, an important one um, because it was, it was giving people an opportunity really to, to spend a dedicated amount of time considering a body of work they may have made already uh, and potentially adding to it, but transitioning that from a set of photographs to um, a body of work with meaning uh, yes. and to, to start placing into some kind of order with thought towards an end product. Uh, yeah. For a lot of people, it became a book. Um, obviously, uh, you know, and I've used, I've, I've found your example was fantastic, actually, what you did with the multimedia side of the sound. Uh, yeah. And I've used that. So they, it's been a brilliant example, actually, to show people uh, who've an interest in video and audio and photography to see the possibilities um so the workshop's very much about as i say get you know a real deep dive into the it sounds pretentious but it is quite a dark art sequencing photographs yeah, and yeah. you know and actually understanding one relationships but two your intent and, and then you know what the possibilities are you know and what one picture or a pair of pictures and this how 
or the size of a picture relates to how the narrative and the balance of a, of a story or a, a piece of work will go and, uh, and how that changes very much from if you're making a book or you're working towards a website or you're sequencing for uh, an exhibition on a wall. Yeah. You know, there's a myriad and it's, it's, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. I, I've... Yeah. I, th I think it's a, it's a fascinating dark world that um, until you actually start thinking about it, it, it changes your approach to your photography. And um, I think it's something that everyone should try to do even if even if you're only picking half a dozen image or a dozen images or something like that, if you print out a dozen images and try to put them into an order that you think works and flows and tells the story and has a start and a finish and maybe a middle or something like that as well and I think people find it's far more difficult than 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 you would think to actually accomplish that and to and to get across the message that you're wanting to get and um, I find it, I find it really quite fascinating and I learn a lot from my own work as well yeah. by looking through other people's works in terms of how they sequence their own stuff but also you learn so much from having other people look, look and review your own work as well and because they as as I've, as I've discussed many many times they've they have no emotional connection to my work they don't know what my pictures are favorites which ones have got special meaning they're looking at it from a very pragmatic approach which is that yes. works that doesn't this does that doesn't what about moving these around and and I, I think i think that's where if you can you have an opportunity to do these things in a in a group in particular you can you can get so much from them uh absolutely and that that was one of the things david and i were hugely passionate about from all from both the project and the sequence workshop that that it, that it was very much about people and collaboration and actually that kind of as you say that rare opportunity you know photography we love it because it gives us quiet it gives us disconnection it gives us kind of yep. bit of time to ourselves but actually it's, a, it's very rare that we get an opportunity to maybe have a group of like-minded or people going through a similar experience to look at it, as you say, with an objectivity um, and, to, and to add input to our own photographic kind of sequence or our own building of our own understanding of our pictures. And I think, I think one of the other things that's brilliant about, you know, for anybody, whether, whether it's anybody who comes on one of our workshops or, or just somebody you know, who thinks, well, yeah, let's have a go at sequencing our work uh, yeah. and print, like, as you say, print them out. Get yeah. a, get, they don't have to be fantastic prints. Oh. Lay them out and look at them. I think one of the, you learn so much about your own photography and how you as an image maker piece ideas together because you, you then start to reflect more about, you know, you understand why you made some of the images. It's quite often quite difficult when you look at Lightroom sometimes. Yeah. Um, in that digital environment, the small scale that they are, and even processing them to build, to kind of understand your own thought process and correlation, correlations between the images. But I think getting them into the physical world and just laying them out, and, and even if it's not so for a book, but just sequencing them to go on your own website and actually have an order that yep. maybe flows for you. I, th I think just getting them, getting down there, getting, working with them with some physicality can give give you such a a really interesting insight into your own mind as a creative person yeah. and how I think it's brilliant as well because it's you know more often than not we'll, we'll, we'll come back from a shoot or throw all the pictures in Lightroom or whatever and for a few weeks we'll look at them and there'll be you know quite a lot we'll look and be some for some reason we'll be disappointed with them or we won't quite work out what it was some of them yep. did for us but it's it's um but that's possibly because as we look at them on screen we're thinking about them as individual images yes whereas if we try and sequence and we try and put get them all out there lay them on the floor stand up look over them make it a real kind of tactile thing you then see where those pictures relate to each other and that it can be great for kind of reconnecting you with your own images and, and making you understand why you made them in the first place. And also you can be a little bit more objective and less critical than I think of, of your work. We're, we're often, and it, you know, we're bombarded in a way, magazines, websites, television, you name it, with 
stellar images. We see stellar images all the time. But I think if you if you wanted to produce a book and it was just full of kind of loud stellar images, it would be a, in some ways a visually tire, tiring experience. I think you'd yeah. be overwhelmed. And I think I think you need. I think John Blakemore talks about it beautifully on his um, on his blogs. That the whole concept of kind of, of quiet images and connective images and how you know if, if you can look at that and take a step back and compare that to like the movie world or yeah. you know an, a musical artist uh, you know and then you think about how an album's structured or how a film's made it's not all kind of full-on action all the time there's quiet yeah. moments you build tension you give the viewer a chance to have a little bit of a downtime and I think then you start to understand if you think about photography in that sense you start to see where some of the images that you make quite instinctively out in the field if you're a if you're kind of a an explorer with the camera or somebody loves to tell stories you start to see where they fit and i, yeah. I think that get, getting them out there really helps you to do that getting them printed and just looking at them yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I, I print mine all off as we small contact images yeah. and I brought them laid out in a mat and when I'm doing it and they just get shuffled around every time you walk past you you begin to see other wee other wee groups and other wee sets and when my wife walks past she'll change them all around as well and um inevitably for the better but it, it's always <laughs> it's always interesting just every time you be, you begin to see different groups and when you when you can begin to see small sets of three or four images, that then begins to tell you begins to lead to a sequence of the whole body of work, as opposed to as you say staring on the screen and it's just it's a blanket wall. And I think also when you print your work out, you begin to discover where there's things that aren't actually quite right in your process and or that, that, that maybe needs yeah. slight tweaks as well that only really become evident when you print out. And you think is that what it actually looks like and. Um, but I think, yeah, I think, I think printing it out on small scales just is just a wonderful thing to be able to look at your work and see how it forms part of a set. And as you say, instead of 12 or 20 wow shots that just would bleed your brain if they were all put in a book, actually, it's, it's dating the natural flow. And, and sometimes your favourite images have to be put to one side because they don't actually, well, they may work perfectly by themselves. They don't work when they're, when they're sitting amongst the rest of the rest of the images. That's right. It doesn't make any of them, I guess a lot of it comes down to kind of the intent and the purpose of what you're sequencing for. So it doesn't, you know, it's, it's hard, isn't it, to kind of when, when you feel like you're having to, shoot, you know, reject an image. Yeah. I think, you know, it feels like, um, you know, I'm rejecting one of the kids here. Um, <laughs> but actually, this is, you know, they, they can still be fantastic, you know, you, they can still be fantastic images and you can love them and they can stand on their own two feet. And, and actually, yeah. for you, you might look at them in the context of another project or just a series of standalone images. Yeah. And, and they'll work, but it, it's just, you know, making sure that when, I guess, when you sequence them, that you know, you've got to give yourself the context of what you're aiming for uh, and, and understand actually, as you say, that, that, you know, working the right images and the right flow and sequence and connectivity of images into that yeah. body of work. Um, you, you, and as somebody who loves photo books, you'll know yourself when, when you open you know, a photo book by some of the some of the huge names in in the photography world. There's some they, there's some books that just leave you a bit cold, and it's not because they're bad images; they're stunning images. But maybe you know, sequencing. I remember watching a a, a vlog by Alex Soth on um, YouTube, yeah, uh, quite a while back now, where he he had a look at William Eggleston's Democratic Forest. Yeah, uh, and he had a look at the, the sequence of the book by three different curators, of which Eggleston wasn't involved in any of them. Right. Um, uh, and one was very much obviously a gallery, uh, you know, almost like a, a gallery kind yes. of catalogue. It, yep. it, its, its sole purpose was to this is what's on the wall. So there was very little sequence to it, really. Yeah. Uh, and the others were one was sequence sequenced by a, a long-time curator of his another 
by somebody looking back at a retrospective. It was interesting to see how different people sequence the same body of work and in some ways how they missed some of the connections that maybe you can imagine imagine Eggleston looking and thinking, those those together. But uh, I guess if you hand your work over in that sense, uh, and this is something I guess we probably don't have the luxury of doing, you know, those the big names who, who have curators but that, that must be a hell of a process handing your work over to somebody and saying oh you deal with it um uh, or you put it into something because yeah. that's that is like handing your children over at that point because you've still got to have that kind of passion for the work and yeah oh. but I, I suppose it depends it, it also maybe depends on how you're on how you're outlining to them how, how the, the, what background and what knowledge they've got of the project but as you yeah. say it's, it's when when you're looking at it and afterwards and you're maybe thinking no oh, those two images they should go together it's those wee small things that when you when you when you're sequencing your own work you know what images actually work together and should sit together but as you say it's it's always very fascinating to see someone else come back with comments about how how your work should look or what they think works well and what it doesn't work well. And, and you, you mentioned earlier that uh, doing running these workshops has, has influenced or impacted on your own approach to sequencing in your own work. Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, in some ways, um, you know, I, I do very much the, the Arden American part one book, for example, uh, you know, that very much feels at the minute like, and I, I've, you know, I love the pictures in it and they, they it invokes so many memories, but I look at it as a sequence and a, and a layout and it, it does make me wince a little bit now. <laughs> um, because, you know, I, you know, I feel like I've learned so much both from working with David, uh, thinking in some ways quite reflectively about very intently about sequencing and seeing how other people on the workshops have kind of approached it themselves. The kind of that kind of individuality they bring to it as well. And uh, yeah, so, so I think, um, but but actually, I mean, that's the brilliant thing. I think you know we all learn from kind of the stuff we do with other people, and and actually, in, in some ways, it doesn't diminish what we've done in the past. Um, you, you know, I think it's just being comfortable enough to kind of draw a line under the sand and say, actually, you know, at the time, that's, you know, that's, you know, and it's the same with photography, I guess, isn't it? You you know, nobody sets out to make a bad photograph, but but so many of us will look back on the work we made 10 years ago and we'll be like, yeah, what was I thinking? But that's it. It's it's all, it's all a moment in time. It's always what you capture at one point in time. And I think also depends if some people have shot projects over, Along, if it's been shot over a 10 year period of time relative to something that's shot over a year, you've potentially got 10 years worth of different approaches to process and styles, your preferences change. Whereas if you're shooting something in a year, you've probably got a greater ability to maintain a, a similar style or similar um, similar concept across everything. So, um, but yeah, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's a fascinating world. Um, I really enjoy l- looking at sequencing and obviously from looking at various books as well you do begin to subconsciously begin to see what works and what doesn't even if you're not necessarily thinking about it and that's probably the sign of a good book whereby you're just looking through it and it just feels all very natural and you're not you never think oh that one stands out or it just they all just work and they work from one page to another to another and um, yeah I think it's it's always very interesting to see everyone's different approach to it yeah, it is, isn't it? And and that's to say, you know, you look at books, you know, but you know, could be by anybody, and and the ones that you just really kind of feel that you just immerse yourself in, without yeah. maybe, and the ones that you then they then become the ones that you come back to, and sometimes for me they're the they're the quieter photo books, yeah, in some, you know, that although the stuff not by the big some of the biggest names and who and the pictures may not if we looked at them you know if you if we were assessing them in, in some kind of objective standard of you know wowness or you know or, or for the overall effect of single pictures you, you know you you would look at some of these big names out there and they produce absolutely stunning work but actually in, in book format and this is the thing i love about in, in that sense 
the, the community of sort of self pub and small run stuff out yeah. there that people working with the like you know with Ian Sargent with with Kozu doing their own stuff through many of the book vendors that help you print your work yeah even people making handmade stuff I think there's a real kind of personality that goes into the book and I think anybody who's anybody who's had a go I think uh, and, and made something should should always be commended because you, you'll always look at it and it'll never be perfect for you because but I, I think that's you know but it should always mark a in a, in a way that line in the sand that actually it's it's better to have made and and to have done that and than actually have been afraid and, and never had a go at it and, yeah uh, and never had the joy of appreciating you know i'm not talking about me but these you know about yeah. any photographer about appreciating what your work looks like when you've put it into print in a book yeah. and it's about the turn of the page and and the reveal of one image to the yeah. next how it just brings a project or a, a, a body of work together in such a magical way yeah and it's also such a different viewing experience when you're viewing your own work on paper than it is flicking through lightroom yeah. It's once it's in Lightroom, it sits in Lightroom, whereas actually to yeah. pull something off the shelf, um, I enjoy making the wee stab and stitch books and various handmade books. And, and I enjoy it for the actual, for the therapeutic process of yeah. of making it. That's why I find really quite enjoyable that I can spend several evenings working on just something that I could probably do quicker. But actually, it's very nice just to do one, one stage bit by bit every night. Um, and then you get to the end and you've got a finished product and as you say the first thing you, you first thing you do is you notice where there's wee flaws and where you've made errors but generally you you notice where they are during the process when you cut something that's two centimeters too small or something like that and you've run out of, you've run out of material so you just got to make do with it um, but it's all a learning process and as you do it more and more you inevitably do become better and better and you can see the quality of what you produce matches up to the quality of what other people are producing it just it just takes a bit of time and practice absolutely and i think the other thing you also learn at that point is you you learn to let go of the things that only you would ever obsess over because yeah. you know no, nobody else will ever notice you know no. you, you show it to anybody at home you, you know somebody could buy the book or you could give the book to somebody and they would look through it and but you've been so close to these pictures or on the process of making this thing that there'll be something that you'd be, if you do, if you get kind of bogged down with them, it can drive you to distraction. I think, Absolutely. I think it is about just enjoying the process and, uh, and having that final thing, that kind of, that thing that celebrates the end to end process of, yeah. having an idea going out and making the pictures and the experiences and the, the joy of the moment of being whether it be you know a quiet beach for sunrise or a mountain or architect you know walking around city for some architectural photography you know, all those experiences and are then encapsulated into that book and yeah I think it, it's hugely important it's um, I think yeah. it, it just caps off the, the creative process for me, you know, and it, should, it gives you something to look back on that's not zeros and ones on a hard drive. That's it, yeah, and it, I think it, for me it's certainly changed my approach to photography as well now, and it's, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily set in projects as such, but more sets of images, and I look for all images that will complement each other. And, um, it's not so much about the big wow vistas and things like that, it's it's actually looking at subject matter and themes that become quite interesting to me over prolonged periods of time. Um, mm -hmm. And it, I think it, I think it's good. I think it allows me, given the time I've got to be available, to maybe be a bit more productive than I otherwise would be, um, which I think is also important. So so moving on to the, a, a very enjoyable part for me, as long as you don't mention too many books that I don't have, it's what are your favourite photo books from other photographers now? three four maybe five at the most so i'm very interested to to see what ones what ones you select i couldn't even hazard a guess yeah. at which ones you might select to be honest um well i mean i've been thinking about we, we've david and i have been on the last few workshops we've, we've been actually showing some uh to 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 the people and yeah on the workshops and talking through them so that's been quite a joyous process okay, good yeah it's allowed me to relook at them again as well yeah. and really enjoy them so i mean i think 
you know, I think so, there's some kind of relatively obvious one that I, I think, you know, one of my favorite books has got to be um, Paul Kenny's Seaworks. Um, yeah. It's, I think it's, it's not just the intricacy and the process. And I, I think this, it's interesting that you talk about kind of the enjoyment of the process, the image making and the book making. Actually, when you, you think about Paul's images and, yeah. and those kind of the glass slides and, and and the kind of the amount of time he puts into them and having had the kind of had the pleasure to kind of spend a bit of time with Paul and sit in his kind of in, in his studio outside and actually look at these glass plates and, and where he's dripping water onto them and stuff and, and you think that is a real labor of not only passion for what he does uh, but of a, a real creative vision and then yeah that book for me marks a real kind of design in modern photo books. I think that's one of the one of the best I've seen for a long while. I think it's, yeah. it was so well thought out. Um, yeah. I think it, it probably marked the high point in that sense for Triple Kite's work. But I think with the fold out pages, yes. um, it was very well sequenced. The choice of words that yep. were brought into it and just the the way the images really and and the sequence of the book and the size of it i think yeah i, I think steel's a big magical yeah steel's very important in that book i think the scale of it works really well because uh, it just really brings out the the, the quality of the images and, and the detail and the the interest in the images as well Oh, absolutely, and and actually, when you think that you know the original, the the glass slides are probably um, an eighth of the size of the book. Yeah, you then really appreciate actually what the, the both the you know the creative magic of the work, yeah. uh, but how well it's presented when it it sits large and it and it do it's one of those books that demands time for me yes. it demands that you, you you've got space it's not something you necessarily sit with and pop on your knee it's something yeah. you want to be able to open up and and look at the double page spread and, and the, yeah you now i love the bit towards the middle where you've got two double page spreads that open Either out together. yeah oh magic pure magic that one <laughs> um so yeah, so, so I think that's the, that's well, that's probably the most obvious. Um, I think um, another book that I absolutely love to bits, and it and I'm, I, I would will apologise now if this is one you've not got uh, is a book called book called Coast People by Ian Forsyth. Don't coast people by Ian Forsyth. Yeah, so so Ian's a Ian's a documentary photographer from the northeast. He right. he, he did a lot of press work, uh, works for Getty and various other things. So a lot of his stuff yep. you see online, uh, I think right. his Twitter handles Hog Ian. Um, a lot of his stuff you'll see will be him going around shooting kind of newsworthy things. Um, but Ian's, you know, he's lived in the Northeast all his life, um, relatively, I think he lives in Saltburn. And he spent, a, you know, a huge amount of time photographing the people uh, of Saltburn who make the place and Red Car and those kind of areas around there and such a fantastic body of black and white documentary work. Um, it was self-published, um, yep. I think he did it through Blurb in the end. He had had discussions with a couple of publishers um, that for one reason or another never came off and I'm, in some ways I'm, I'm, I'm quite good for him because it because he, he, he because he he is one of those people. He is, you know, he is the people within the community. And I think yeah. that really shows in both the body of work, but also the book. It's not a huge book. It's probably um, similar sort of size to um, what it comparable to, you know, perhaps a bit smaller than Mark Wilson's Last Stand. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, pro probably similar size to Ian Sargent's The Pool. Um, yes, yeah. It's soft. It's soft back. It, it's not. It's quite quiet. It's unpretentious. It's not a. It's not a book that's screaming. You know, I'm 
got this hard back i've got this dust cover it's yeah. very much about what's in there and, and it's just such a connected body of work um, and, it, and it's one of those bodies of work that makes in a way i i found that one of the inspirations when i've been thinking about arden american and my arden american spirit project yes that signposted for me which is one of the reasons i chose it the importance of people and place within yeah. project um, yeah so yeah so so uh you know I, i'm pretty sure you can still get ian's book uh yeah probably on <coughs> on, blurb. on um, blurb or wherever he pr produced it but it absolutely it's i would implore anybody to get a copy of it it's fantastic um <coughs> so beyond uh after that i think another couple of books that spring yeah. to mind um so one of the speakers we had at the, the online version of Connected we did last year, obviously due to the pandemic, we, we kind of, because we couldn't have the face-to-face -face exhibition, we did we, we wanted to have the guest speaker weekend and a lady yep. called Kate Bellis, who lives in Derbyshire. Again, she's, um, she's a social documentary. Sorry, what was her name again? Kate Bellis. Kate Bellis. Yeah, uh, and she, she's got a book centred around a project called The Hill. And the book's called The Hill as well. I'm not sure whether you can actually get them at the moment. Right. Um, but, but again, it's another book uh, that is just full of kind of sumptuous... Off, I think a lot of them are made on film, uh, but they are about... But it is about a community. It's about people. It's, a, it's called The Hill. It's, it's yeah. basically... Uh, a testament to to a farming community on a Derbyshire hillside, uh, right. and to actually, and most people would you'd probably sit there and think, is that really a book? But actually, when you look at it and the stories that it tells and the exhibition that it went on to produce, uh, and it went, I think it went down to London as well. The exhibition, yeah. um, again, a really really fantastic body of work, and it wasn't until I listened to Kate talk at um, connected last year um kind of a, about her journey through photography and and kind of where she kind of did a proving ground and she you know while studying at nottingham trent she went over to ireland i think and embedded herself in a community for a yep. for an undergraduate project and actually you can see you can see that where those skills have come from into the book um so again right. um fantastic book it's not a shouty book it's not a it's not one that's necessarily about the the actual package yeah but it, it's very much a book that you can sit and spend time with and come yeah. back to quite regularly yeah and i suspect wonderful stories from all the from all the photography as well oh uh, yes yeah and yeah I, again the words that are in there and i think she's used it well there's a a lot of links within the book or towards yeah. the end of the book that take you to the website and then you very good and it's linked on to kind of audio interviews as well so i think it takes the it takes the book yes um from being just that kind of experience of something that's a page turn you know yeah. a quiet process to actually it becomes quite multimedia yeah. and it yeah. reconnects you with the people and cool excellent yeah, def def definitely one, uh, again, I've really enjoyed. Um, and another one, and I've got, it, I've got it here actually with me now, because um, I was showing it the other day. Um, um, I think the, the number of zines that are coming out at the moment um, quite are really interesting. I think there's lots of really fantastic zines, and I think they're a great opportunity to focus, aren't they, on yeah. either mini projects or mini thoughts and ideas I, I just love the fact that people are putting their work out there and um one of my favorites is that again it's a actually why i chose um while so many of these are black and white but it's something called coast by stephen lawson I'm sure whether it's something you've uh, seen or got I, I think stephen i think he's somewhere up in scotland right not sure exactly where. Let's have a little look. You might say, "Oh, Glasgow." So he's from Glasgow. All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fantastic book. Very nice. Yeah, nice little scene, a very intimate thing, but but it's full of kind of really well seen, really well 
crafted black and white images. Um, yep. And again, I think it's, I think it's nice, you know, to, to see something different. You know, SeaWorks or Kenny's book is about the overall package, uh, and some of the others are kind of they they straddle the package versus the photographs. Whereas this, I think it's choosing. I think this is for me one of the important things. Um, books and zines is sometimes it's about finding the right vehicle to put your work into yeah uh, and i think stephen's this zine is just so personal uh, and it's it's something that in a way it doesn't belittle it um but it, it's something that you you kind of quite pick up come back to again you'll sit and just look at it and it's yeah it's one that again i've got a lot of the um a lot of the field note ones and and some of the earlier ones that Ian Sargent did as well and in yes. the, the series was sort of Chris's Chris Dale's book um, yep. and I just think those little kind of intimate series books are work really well yeah yeah I, I agree I think they're they're really nicely done and you can get a, a, a brilliant range of subject matters that Otherwise, you would, you would never really they would never come to the same level of fruition that they do when they're when Ian etc. and and ADM Publishing and all likes of Brown Owl Press. There's loads of them out there who are producing just these lovely small, small run but really really well produced and really coherent bodies of work as well. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think it's just it's really fun. It's really nice to be able to. To just have that little kind of snapshot of somebody's kind of little bit of creative passion, isn't it? And yeah. wrapped up into something physical rather than, you know, it'd be so easy never to see Stephen's work on a, you know, by, on social media because of our algorithms work. But yep. to have the joy of his book is, is, is magic. Fantastic. Excellent. And do you have one more selection for us or? I, I Yeah. So one quick one. Uh, yep. And again, this is another one that's, been done i think as part of a, a, a kind of a series of books yep. um, by a smaller publishing house by it's called along the along the hackney canal by and i'm terrible at pronouncing them so i do apologize freya najade or najad right um it's produced by a publishing house down in london um i'd have to I would have to Google because I can't even. But it, again, it's similar sort of size. I would say it's probably um, Hoxton Mini Press. That's oh, Hoxton oh, Mini Press. Yes, I know them. Yeah, yeah, they're they're very good. I really like their stuff. It and and that's a beautiful. It's a it's a really nice kind of little linear project. Um, yeah, the, the title in some ways suggests it, but the pictures are so beautifully observed. Um, yep. But but again, I think this one, how I think what Hoxton do well, it's a lovely package. It's a nice little yeah. hardback book. Yep. It's got that lovely book cloth down the, down the spine. Yeah. Um, and I think that's magical. And I think, I think, you know, I think it's one that I, I do look back on. And I think that, you know, it would be easy. You know, I think I think we vote. It's so easy to overlook, isn't it? People yeah. making fantastic handmade books. You know, look at the work of Paul Gotts. You know, yeah. he, he he seems anything he turns his hand to, um, in turn handmade, whether it be for himself or other people, is magical. So I think Paul deserves a shout out because I think yeah. his I think what he does with handmade photography books, um, I think should be an inspiration for us all to have a to maybe spend a bit more time having a go. Yeah, his, his stuff's really good. We, we communicate regularly, gen, generally sending uh, pictures of paper that has arrived at different, <laughs> different types of paper. Um, I, so yes, it's, it's always uh, trying out different combinations. So, but yeah, there's, he's producing wonderful handmade books and there are so many others. You've got Shona Grant, you've got yeah. uh, oh, wow, Mc, yeah. who produces, and they're all real one-offs. Um, you've got Michaela Griffiths, um, yeah. uh, you've got Lizzie who, Shepherd who runs the various handmade book workshops, and yeah, Isabel Cards as well over in Denmark, I think is. She's obviously made some handmade. So there's a whole host of them, and, and you can really go to town and produce something that's quite unique and to certain extent, for a lot of them as well, they, they take on, it's a piece of art, it's not just 
the book and the images. It's the whole package. And to yes. say, some of them as well, they, they are real artist books and they can be, the, it's the full, it's the box. It's the, once you, once you arrive, it's not just the images that's inside. It's everything that takes, that's taken into account in producing it. And they're wonderful, absolutely beautiful pieces of, uh, pieces of art. Oh, they are, and I, and I think that's I think that's one of the beautiful things about uh, handmade books, isn't it? That that, that yeah. they are they don't necessarily transcend, but but, but again, it, it's it's a continuation of that process from idea through to production. But actually, there's a, a degree of love and passion that actually encapsulated into an artistic embodiment of something and it's just magical to see and I, I am in awe of you know the likes of Shona and Marianthi who who produce such beautiful work yeah all the time it's uh you know I think I think again I think there's a huge amount of inspiration out there for all of us isn't there it's, absolutely uh, and that and that's what's great about it is it's wonderful and I enjoy part of the reason why I enjoy enjoy books is it's the it's inspiration that, that they give you and not just the necessarily the the body of the work itself but the way it's been presented the way it's been ordered sequenced the size the scale just the paper types that it's been printed yeah. on because all these things make a huge difference to how a great body of work can be presented excellently and really push push the mark up and then you get into books where there's real just attention to detail and okay, you're maybe at a different price point to that point, but, but you, you begin to appreciate and you begin to notice and take account of these things because they all add to the experience of, of, of sitting down with the book and being able to, as you say, enjoy it, spend time looking at the images and taking in the story that each image is, is being told by, by the photographer. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of the brilliant things, isn't it? Because in some ways, you, it's, a, it's a little bit like going to an artist's talk. Yeah. Um, you feel like, in that sense, you know, those handmade books, you, you're learning so much more about the heart and soul of the maker. So it isn't just, like, as you say, about the pictures. It's, 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 it's about the entirety of the package. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it can be, I guess, for some, you know, we'll look at that and you know i've i've certainly looked at some of the, the handmade books that some people have produced and you think oh wow <laughs> i wish i wish i could do that um yeah. but actually you've in some ways you've got you, you can't let it put you off actually because i think everybody's got um you, you know or everybody makes photographs and pictures um in, in a way has got a a duty but i think it'd be a shame if, if they never produced even if it was just a self-pub for themselves or yeah. you know for the family if, if they don't have that joy of making an end something. the end-to-end -end yeah. process and having something that they can be really proud of um yeah you know and not be not measure yourself against somebody else's fantastic yeah. um handmade stuff and you, you know the the, the, the multi-thousand-pound commercial release stuff. I think it's it's thinking about what it means to you as an individual person, creative, yeah. to to have your own work. And I think I think yeah. that's something we should all aspire to in that sense. De definitely, I, I totally agree. I think there's nothing there's nothing better than sitting down and opening up a book of your own work, be it five images, fifty images, whatever you want to do, whether it's handmade published on blurb or something like that you've gone to the time and effort you've shot you've shot the work you've processed it you've sequenced it and you've seen it through to completion and i think it's a great it's a great thing and it's such a wonderful way to view your own work oh it is and, and i think anybody as well you know photographers that you know who've got kids and stuff it's a brilliant way um to you know because often, you know, photographers are about getting up before everybody else. Yep. Going out for sunrise and you come back and everybody else is suddenly getting up. But actually, the handmade book is something that you can you can you can get your kids involved with. And, and actually yeah. it's I think, you know, for them to learn hand, you know, stab bound books or you know, even kind of glue and you know. It's like you know, actually, re the, the stuff that you probably love at school before 
you know, they got to GCSE level and it all became about exams and real kind of jeopardy. Actually, I think I think it's a real chance to kind of really just bond over what photography is as a passion between parents and kids as well. So I think there's a I think I think it's it's a really powerful thing, the kind of bookmaking thing. I think not definitely not to be overlooked. No, absolutely. Well, it's been it's been lovely chatting to you this evening, Rob. Thank you very much for giving up your your time to talk to me about your work, uh, your 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 books, and also the projects. Which I think they, if anyone is listening, for anyone who does, assuming someone does, other than my mother, um, who probably <laughs> doesn't listen anyway. If anyone's listening and and sequencing or a project based. Um, workshop is maybe something of is of interest to you. Having done the sequence myself, I, I can wholly recommend it because it's a it's a wonderful way to introduce you yourself to sequencing your work in in a, in, a, in a group environment. Which I think, if you're starting out, is a great way to learn when you can get feedback and input from other people um, and actually use it as a as a stepping stone to maybe doing your to doing a, a wee handmade book or a wee self published book yourself. So. Uh, thanks very much, Rob. It's, it's been a pleasure as always catching up with you. Um, and I, I hope uh, you'll be up at some point in Scotland in the near future and I'll be able to catch up with a pint with you. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you uh, again. It's been a really enjoyed chatting to you. It, it feels like ages, but uh, we, we are chomping at the bits to get to Scotland yes. at some point. So I will make sure that we drop in when we do finally get up. Excellent. Thanks very much, Rob. Cheers. Thanks, Ewan. Cheers. Thanks a lot.